All right. Welcome back, people. As you can see in the title, it's that time of year again where Doc's heart tries not to explode as they overwork her preparing for Dragon Con. And I do lots of interviews of nominees so you can sort of hear what's out there. So, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, first let me introduce the topic, the Dragon Award. It's a fan-voted award that recognizes outstanding achievement in science fiction and fantasy literature, comics, gaming, and filmed entertainment. Uh, the award is given out every year at Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia, and has been going strong since 2016. Uh, it is entirely fan-run. The nominations were, are voted on electronically, so participation is available to everyone, requiring no membership or other fees. Right now, there are 15 categories, Best Science Fiction Novel, Best Fantasy Novel, to include Paranormal, Best YA and Middle Grade Novel, Best Military Science Fiction and Fantasy Novel, the best category, if you ask me. Uh, best Alternative History Novel, Best Media Tie-In Novel, Best Horror Novel, Best Comic Book, Best Graphic Novel. Still don't know how those are different. Best Sci-Fi and Fantasy TV Series, Best Sci-Fi and Fantasy Movie, Best Sci-Fi and Fantasy PC slash Console Game, Sci-Fi and Fantasy Mobile Game, Best Sci-Fi and Fantasy Board Game, if you're noticing a theme. And last but not least, Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy Miniatures, Collectible Card, or Role-Playing Game. So obviously the uh, nominees are out, and we're trying to get all the guests we can. But first, uh, we have Mr. John Henry, who publishes as Jack Campbell. Uh, can you introduce yourselves to our listeners and readers, or listeners and viewers? Yes. Um, as I said, I'm, uh, my real name is John Henry. I write on the pen name Jack Campbell. I'm a retired Navy. I worked um, as a ship driver primarily starting out, uh, did a lot of intelligence work and just about everything else. So deploying with Marines and all that. That makes my Marines realistic. Um, and uh, once I, I retired from the Navy, I started writing. And uh, eventually I got good enough at it to get published. And um, that's where we are. I will say that, you know, you're, I don't know if you would classify your books as hard science, but I know people that are scientists that say it does count in their opinion so do you classify yours as hard sci-fi uh they certainly could be i think um it helps it helps forces me to write better because i can't do shortcuts if i try to take into account those things i consider you know the hard science is kind of like logistics in the military if you leave it out yeah. it's not really realistic right so I agree. I don't normally like hard sci-fi. They lose me with all the techno babble that goes over my head. You know, for a sci-fi writer, you'd think I was better at science in school, but math and was not and science weren't my thing. It was all about history and English. Yours is very accessible. The, the science as you explain it, like, like I can understand it. And you know, for for a grunt, that's that's good. You made us a, a grunt understand science. That's 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 good stuff right there. All right. So, um, what were you nominated for this year? I was nominated for um, Best Military SF Novel, and that's uh, The Lost Fleet Resolute, uh, which is the 13th book in the sixth book Lost Fleet series. Um, just keeps going. Uh, and we wanted to keep going. So. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about Resolute, the, the novel that you were nominated for? And while you do that, I'm going to throw that cover up on the screen. It's... Um, as I said, it's, it's the 13th book in the series, and 
you know, it gets uh, more and more difficult as you go to keep giving the readers uh, the characters that they want, the continuity with that, remaining true to the situation, and yet also not treading the same ground. It's, it's important, I think, to keep finding new stories to tell. And Resolute's an example of that, where they're now going out, reaching out to uh, different alien species. And so it's got um, the, the puzzles posed by that and the threats posed by that as both the aliens and the humans trying to figure out uh, what exactly do you mean by this word? Are you dangerous to us? All those kinds of things. And then there's also dangers within the fleet itself uh, to deal with. Um, because not everyone wants to even interact with the aliens. So it's there is certainly fleet action involved, but there's also all these non-combat problems which any commander is going to face in that kind of environment and have to deal with. Okay. So this uh, does this follow the same main character as the original series, or did you split off with different uh, main character for this one? This is a continuation of the, the original Lost Fleet narrative uh, using um, uh, Blackjack Geary, the Admiral, as, as the primary character and uh, his usual supporting cast. Uh, there are some new uh, characters added on, um, and I kind of merged the um, storylines from the uh, Lost Stars series with this as well, at least temporarily. So you've got uh, Cap Commodore Bradamont in there and Colonel Ruggiero um, representing the independent star system of Midway. So it's got the same characters people are used to, as well as a few new ones brought in. But anybody looking to meet, uh, say, Master Chief Giannini again is uh, not going to be disappointed. Okay. And um, so did you use some of the same aliens? Because I remember, and I don't want to spoil it, because you know, if you haven't read the series, you should start from book one. It's amazing. The narrator did a great job, too. You can actually hear your narrator get better, over because you, your series wasn't published rapidly like people that read indie books are used to, because you, you were traditionally published. So there's some gaps. And you can almost hear the narrator improve to what everyone knows him as today, uh, which I think is awesome. <laughs> um, but did... Did you, um, when you created those aliens, did you expect, because I'm in your fan group on Facebook, obviously, so disclaimer, you know, if you want to guess who I voted for, but um, when you were creating the aliens, did you expect the reaction that you got from some of your readers? Um, I was very pleased by it. I was happy that they they saw the aliens, because, you know, you're kind of going out on a limb when you're making your aliens really alien. And, and trying to find, uh, okay, what is it about these strange creatures that um, uh, people can identify with? But I made a strong effort to make each alien species distinct, as well as not human. They think differently. And so this big puzzle for humans uh, dealing with this is trying to figure out what exactly do they want? What do they expect from us? Uh, how are they gonna react to different things? Um, and I've, I've been very gratified by the response. You know, there's, there's this idea that readers want things kept simple. You know, all humans act like, excuse me, all aliens act like humans. And uh, you can't get into difficult concepts or anything. But I found that readers actually want to uh, be given interesting ideas and more complex things to deal with. Uh, it's like real life, you know. You're trying to figure out what someone means by a certain word. Well, this is kind of magnifying that. What does that alien mean by a certain word? How are they even looking at the universe? 
uh, Resolute gets more into that, this question of how does this truly alien species look at basic concepts in ways that differ from humans? And it's, it's fun to deal with that. You also did that with regard to the various cultures, because, you know, there was some cultural drift in your, your various polities in the books that, uh, that gave them very different characters, even inside the human race, which I thought was, was pretty fascinating. Um, was there anything particularly that inspired the way you organized the, the nation states in this universe? Uh, well, a lot of it was history and, and some of it was just experience. You know, when you're in the military, you get exposed to a lot of different people, both uh, from within your own country and also people from other countries, other cultures. And you see how they see things, how they think things should just be done as a matter of course, and the ways in which those differ. And then you study, you know, like totalitarian regimes, like the syndicate worlds. Uh, the fact that uh, in the syndicate worlds, uh, history means lies because historians are people who the government requires to update history every time they want to change history to say whatever they want. So an historian is a liar. And that's something, um, it, it's easy to understand in today's world that uh, people would get that impression. Uh, so there is a historian character in this and he's, uh, um, when he first encounters some of these former syndicate people, uh, they're very suspicious of him because to them, he must be a bad guy because he's a historian. And, uh, that kind of thing is, you know, you just, you, you draw from your experience with people and, and see the different ways they come up with to cope or not cope with situations. Okay, so what would your 30-second elevator pitch for this series be? Because obviously this is late in the series, so for someone looking to get into it, they're going to be starting with all the goodness that is book one. But what would your elevator pitch for the universe be? For the universe? Um, yes, sir. Wow, that's a <laughs> universe at this point. Um, humanity has exploded out to the stars. Um, some parts of it have... Uh, gone in totalitarian directions and want to take over the rest. Uh, the main character, Blackjack Geary, um, becomes um, an inadvertent hero in the first battle of a war, uh, simply because he does his job. Uh, he's uh, presumed dead, but he's frozen in survival sleep. So 100 years later, he's woken up, discovers the same war is still going on because lots of stars, they can just keep fighting. Uh, and it's become this horrible, bloody affair, and they think he's the greatest hero of all time, and they want him to save the day. And that's pretty much so continued. That, that's succinctly the universe. I, I, I agree with that. But uh, this will be one of the few interviews for the dragon that I've actually read all of the books, so it does make this part easier. Uh, what made you decide on 100 years as the, as the line to have him come back in the future? I, I wanted it to be close enough in time that he wouldn't be totally unmoored from technology, for example, um, but n not so far off that, that everything could be too hard. I, I wanted everyone he knew to have died because um, that's part of the trauma he's dealing with. He's totally alone in a future where, where everyone he knew uh, has passed away, either in the war or just from old age. Um, but also, again, close enough that he can still identify 
with the culture and sees the ways that this uh, long wars has thrown it off track. And um, so it's understandable to him. So 100 years, yeah, it was kind of arbitrary, but it seemed a good balancing act between all those things. Okay. So uh, back on track to the specifically, now that we've talked about what the book is and what the universe is for the Dragon Award for nomination, was that something, um, well, first off, how were you nominate, or nominated? How were you informed that you were nominated? Did they call, I'm, I'm, you know, everyone I, has a slightly different story, so. Yeah, I, I got an email that said, hey, you're, you're one of the nominees. Don't tell anybody yet. Said, okay, fine. Oh, okay. Don't tell anybody, why'd you tell me? Um, <laughs> just an email. Okay. Um, so what was your first reaction when you got that letter saying you were nominated? Um, I was happy. I was happy. Um, I, I've never campaigned for nominations for awards. Um, so I knew this must be a, a real grassroots thing where the readers of the books had decided they wanted to uh, nominate it for this. So it's, it's, you know, it's a really nice feeling. That, that your readers feel that way about your work. Um, like I think just about every writer, I always uh, feel like I'm not, maybe someday I'll get this writing thing down, uh, get it doing it right. And uh, whenever somebody says, you are doing it right, that feels good. Okay. So uh, that's, <laughs> so is there, is there any thing special your family's going to have to do if you win? So that way, like you don't float away on a, a balloon of ego? Oh, no. I, I'm a married man. My wife keeps my ego firmly grounded. Um, that's one of the things they do. <laughs> okay. So so what do you feel like this award means to you? Since it's not something that you actively campaigned for, it was more organic from your, um, from your fan base. Like, what does that mean to you then as an author? Well, it, it, it means if, if I get it, it will truly reflect... Um, the opinions of a lot of readers. Um, and uh, well, that will feel really good to know that um, this just came out of, of um, their opinion of my work. So is this your first nomination? For the Dragon Award? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, so you've won or, or been nominated for other awards then, I take it? Uh, the only other awards I've received to date, I've got um, several uh, analog awards for my shorter fiction. And um, let's see, my YA novel, The Sister Paradox, won an, an East Epic YA uh, ebook award. Uh, but uh, those, I think, are the only actual awards I've gotten of any sort for writing. Okay. So. Um, oh, you answered that one already. So do you, what do you think about the categories? Do you expect that to stay the same for the dragon? Do you follow that at all? Um, well, they've, they've tried to recognize an awful lot of creative work. You've got to give them full props for that. Um, if they added anything, um, I've seen the suggestion for best cover artist, and I think that would be good. The, the artist... Uh, I think should be recognized, particularly when they do something good and particularly like um, with Resolute, this cover is actually a scene from the book. Oh my God. Um, you know, so often the scenes are just generic or, or some marketing thing, um, but um, artists would be good. And maybe um, I thought somebody had a, an award for best series. 
Um, and that might be a good idea. Someone whose individual works may not have, have ever gotten past the barrier, but uh, maybe the whole series, when it's, it's all wrapped up, people can say, man, that, that worked good. Because that's an accomplishment, I think, to keep um, readers fully engaged and give them a satisfying ending at the end of, of several books. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a challenge. So I respect anyone who's been able to do that. Yeah, I could see the cover and I'd also like to see something for short story and anthologies because mm. uh, for a lot of us, short stories were how we came into the genre. So it'd be nice for that to be, uh, get some recognition, I think. Sadly, yeah. it's a dying art. So um, obviously, you know, if you're voting, you'd be voting for your own work. But of the other books on the list, were there any that stood out to you on the uh, the other nominees? Well, it's a strong field. Um, if I had to name one, it would probably be the Insurrection book. Um, but it, it's a very strong field. So um, Okay. If I, if I had to vote, that's a, that's a lot to choose from. Yeah, if I had to vote for just one other book than my own, then it would probably be the Insurrection book. Okay. So uh, we promise you, dear listener, that these interviews would be not that long. But before we let you go, we have to ask this one for you, sir. Uh, if you ch if you win, how are you going to celebrate um, that that achievement? Oh, it may involve alcohol. A little bit. That's all the good ones do. Yes, it, it may indeed. Not necessary for a good time, I know, but it helps. Okay. And so uh, if you win the award, do you have any plans on how you'll display it? <laughs> oh, it's, um, I'll make some room on the shelves in my office and uh, so I can see it when I look around and <laughs> inspire me, hopefully. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, was there anything about uh, Resolute? You know, and obviously this is a quick form interview and we're going to have you back for a longer form one at the end of the month to, uh, to talk well, the end of September to talk about uh, the series writ large, but is there anything about Resolute that you wanted to tell us before we wrap this up? Um, well, I think it's a good book. <laughs> um, I put a lot of effort into keeping the, the stories fresh and uh, the characters new and uh, everything believable. So hopefully, hopefully readers will continue to, to like that. All right. And how can listeners find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Well, I have my website at um, jack-campbell.com. And on Facebook, there's a group called um, Fans of the Lost Fleet which covers both the Lost Fleet and anything else that, that people, uh, any of my other works that people might want to talk about. Um, those are the two primary means. And of course, I have a personal um, presence on Facebook as, as John Henry. Okay. And uh, as usual, dear listener, all of those show notes will be linked below as well as the uh, information on the Dragon Award nomination, how you can register, how you can vote. It's still not too late. So if you haven't voted yet, Get out there and, and speak your piece. Uh, you won't regret it. And dive into this universe. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I really think you're going to dig it. You can find us, a dear listener, on Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Again, SF underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. 
Again, Blasters and Blades Podcast at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades Podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades Podcast. You can find us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades again anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades where you can also support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month you can help keep the lights on or you can support the show more directly at uh, buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr handley again buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr handley be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast and i promise i will keep doc seska and nick garber duly intoxicated they will drink until their liver surrenders uh, and if they were here, they would tell you they mamas didn't raise no quitters. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. Thank you for coming out, Jack. I know this was a tight schedule for you. Um, we look forward to chatting with you later um, in next month. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right.